Welcome to the Word of Christ, sermons from Pastor Sean Denzer, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend, North Dakota, and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney, North Dakota. The third reading is from the Holy Gospel of St. Luke, the 21st chapter. Jesus said, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing here. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all the things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. O Lord, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Behold, signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and foreboding of what is coming on the world. Most of the texts in the New Testament that talk about the signs of the return of Christ tell us about events that have already happened, actually, many times over. Moons turned to blood, that is, eclipsed. Earthquakes, wars, and rumors of wars. All these are old news. And as Christ Himself says elsewhere in Luke, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs that can be discerned and calculated. Our eyes are not to be looking expectantly for these things. For what Jesus describes in today's gospel is not a precursor to the end, but it is the end itself. When the end comes, heaven and earth are shaken apart, and the citizens of this world will also come unglued. They may be frightened by the sight of the world coming to an end, but they will be frightened and sorrowful most of all by the sight of the coming of the Son of Man. Behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day is coming that will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts. 
The second advent of our Lord Jesus Christ will not be as a tender infant. He will not grace the mangers of those who reject Him on that day. His angels will not come singing songs of peace and goodwill to the earth as they did at Bethlehem. But they will come just as they are. The burning seraphim, God's angelic Sabaoth, His host of six-winged warriors. The angels. And whether we hear it from Malachi or from Jesus Himself, the same picture is set forward for us to behold. That there will be those for whom that day comes like a sudden trap and as a decree of utter destruction. Behold, the unprepared will have no second chances on that day. It will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth, and thus all must pray to have strength to escape these things and to stand before the Son of Man. All must repent. Now, if our congregations want to make use of Advent's 20th century facelift and vest with a hopeful blue, as they call it, then, dear Christians, we have to work doubly hard to ensure that we do not go along and adopt the rest of the 20th century's great ideas with it. Not least of which is deliberately stripping this season of Advent of all of its penitential character, mindful of Christ's return. The church, dear Christians, knows of no other way of preparation other than repentance. It is the world's tradition to prepare for a feast by sneaking extra candy early by decorating early, by playing a thing out before its proper time has even come so that it is doomed to fail and be boring by the time it does come. Now you know what has become of holy marriage among us under this kind of approach. Have you considered what effect hopeful Advent has had on Christmas Day? Behold, the Christian church must be different than this world. Her December must be and sound and look different. Because our preparation and our hope and our God are different than this world's. Our Advent is not a counting down the days of self-indulgence to the already spoiled day of dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. How deeply pathetic is that? And yet the world pressures us to adopt their thinking. Individually at home, but yes, even together in the divine service. And against all these pressures, frankly, I think we could probably benefit from the visual aid of Violet. Because repentance for which it stands, repentance is the confession that we make that our hope is not in ourselves at all as it is for the world. But our only hope is in Jesus Christ, 
in our royal crucified King and Him alone. And thus we, for Advent, embrace repentance and faith. We embrace the Word and the sacrament. We embrace delayed gratification. Because we are Christians. We are preparing to suffer for Christ, not to cave at the first inconvenience. And we embrace waiting. Because our Lord Himself has told us to behold, stay awake at all times, always be ever watchful for My coming. Behold, heaven and earth will pass away. Riches, revelries, parties, presents, music, lights and dancing, the cares of this life, those will pass away. But Jesus' words will never pass away. The world will fall apart when everyone and everything beholds Christ returned in His glory. And so will you. Unless, unless you are in His Word. There will be no firm foothold to grab onto, to stand upon when the Son of Man comes. Not any excuse of ignorance, not a plan for delayed repentance after the immediate gratification, not a fig leaf covering of good works or deeds or blame for someone else. All of these things will melt away and will be exposed along with the rest of the inhabited earth's foundations and elements. But the Word of Jesus Christ, like a protective bubble or like a firm platform, that will last, shielding and preserving those who are in it while everything else falls apart. Like gold is left over after the rock and the dross has been burned away. So the promises of God in Christ and the faith that rests in them will be the only thing left when God's last day fire burns away rocks and gold alike. Behold the Holy Scriptures. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and righteous decrees. Whatever was written in former days by God's prophets and apostles was written for our instruction that through endurance, that is, patience, and encouragement, that is, comfort of the Holy Scriptures, we may have hope. Ah, there it is. Hope didn't need to be added into Advent. It was always there. But it is to be found in the Holy Scriptures. In repentance. That is where we turn away from ourselves and turn instead to the Word of God, which is the Word that testifies about Christ. It testifies that only in this incarnate God is there righteousness. Only in Him is the ability to stand at the last day. In His perfect life have the requirements of God been met. And by His death, He has answered for our sins. And by His resurrection do we have the hope 
of resurrection and eternal life. Behold, your redemption draws near. The divine man who shed his blood to absolve and to answer for you is drawing near. The Son of Righteousness who rose from the grave will soon rise in the east and He will come with healing in His wings. Now the great and the terrible day of the Lord will live up to its reputation for the unprepared. They will be hold. Nothing but chaos and destruction and sorrow. But for those who look for their life in repentance and in faith, that is, those who are restless in this world, but at rest in the word of Jesus' blood and righteousness, your eyes are to behold only this on the last day. Christ the Savior. Judgment day for the Christian has come. It has come at Christ's first advent when He was condemned in your place on His cross. Thus, the last day for the Christian is only the second advent. It is the advent of our redemption and righteousness fulfilled forever. It is not our end, but it is the beginning of eternity. Behold, this word really just means see. And that is what truly is delayed, dear Christians, our sight. We do not yet see all things subjected under Christ's feet. We do not yet see or feel our sins taken away. We do not yet see peace on earth or goodwill among men. We do not yet go leaping like calves from the stall at all times. Nor, to be sure, do we see the wicked tread down under our feet. We do not see Jesus Christ face to face. But we have the eyes of faith. We have our Savior's holy word, which unlike everything that we can see now, that actually will endure forever. And thus, when Christ returns, he will, we will be looking for Him whom we have seen by faith and have longed to have and possess and behold forever. And we will not be afraid, but we will be prepared and eager to meet Him in whom we have believed and hoped. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of His Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to The Word of Christ. You can find more sermons at verbachristi.blogspot.com and if you have need to contact Pastor Denzer, you can email him at pastor at 
That's P-A-S-T-O-R at D-A-E-N-Z-E-R dot O-R-G. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Amen.